Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Ray Carrera, and he is Chief Operating Officer at Marijuana Doctors. We're going to find out a little bit more about what they do and how they help the cannabis industry. With that, Ray, welcome to the program. Thanks, uh, Bruce. Great to be here. We'd love to tell our story so uh, we can help as many people as possible. Yeah. So, and I, and I like that because I think that a lot of the cannabis space is, you know, it's about helping people. I mean, it's about building business and hopefully making money, but it's also about helping people. And I'm, I'm really curious about your business because I think it's a, a, an interesting kind of play in the whole, you know, patient, doctor, product, dispensary area. So um, uh, before we get into the business, actually, why don't, why don't we understand, uh, hear a little bit about you? What's your background and how did you get into the cannabis space? Well, uh, oddly enough, I uh, was never in the cannabis space until uh, I started doing a significant amount of research. It took me about four years mm-hmm. of uh, extreme due diligence before I decided I was going to walk away from a 20-year career on Wall Street, which you know started at 
smaller brokerage firms, was a uh, vice president of a New York stock exchange firm, Ladenburg Thalman, at 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Then eventually I got paid to move my business to Oppenheimer and Company, and then eventually uh, UBS, the global Fortune 500 investment sure. bank. They uh, recruited me, and I spent about seven years there before I decided to go all in in the industry. So um, I started off as the sales director helped the company quadruple their sales in a very short period of time and was recently uh, promoted to be the COO. And and now we're really, we have a big initiative towards scaling the business because there couldn't be a better time. Yeah. So talk to me about why, why cannabis. So, I mean, uh, you know, making the jump from finance to, you know, this, this kind of green, you know, the green rush, the cannabis space is, is a bit different. I mean, what did you see in terms of the opportunity or what did you see when you did all your research to convince yourself or to convince to make it a, a good financial choice or a good business decision to get into the space? That's really a great question. And um, there's a, a couple different reasons why I, I'm doing what I do today. The first, you know, as you're getting older in life, and I spent literally half my life, over half my life on Wall Street, right. I was registered as a stockbroker at 18 years old and then climbed the ranks and became an investment advisor and yeah. did financial planning and worked with institutional and corporate accounts, uh, as well as my, my retail client base. And what I noticed was the financial industry was becoming way overregulated, which essentially, when I started, my clients didn't have a a, uh, computer on the other side of the phone. So we had a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, As technologies evolved, technology has really eaten up margins in a very big way in many different businesses. So I couldn't sit across from my clients anymore, which I considered to be my friends because we had very long-term relationships, um, knowing that I did not have the best value proposition as I did when I initially started. You know, the competitive landscape uh, just became so dynamic, in in fact, uh, where you can basically get the same products at a Fidelity or a Vanguard at probably one-third the cost. So I didn't feel comfortable telling someone I had the best product out there, and quite frankly... Yeah. And the best price yeah. when I knew that wasn't in fact the case anymore. Yeah. yeah. So well, there was a couple of different reasons. First off, I lost my brother at seven years old. You know, he died from HIV when no one knew what it was. Wow. And quite frankly, I know that this helped him eat. Yeah. Because as anyone know, going through wasting syndrome uh, or wasting, you know, from whatever yeah. condition they have, this helps them eat and probably, you know, gave them some time back on his life. Um, fortunately, I did lose uh, my, my nephew as well to spinular muscular atrophy, which is a genetic disease. Wow. Very difficult time for my family. Um, and unfortunately, last year, I lost one of my best friends and, you know, I considered to be a brother yeah. uh, from cancer. So, other than working, you know, coming into this industry because I had so many people that were affected yeah. that this could have helped. Yeah. And there's so many other people that we have to stand up for. Yeah. Let's be realistic. And, and life is really about, in my opinion, what success is in life is the magnitude of the beneficial footprint that we leave on society. Yeah. And I already know I have patients coming to us at events saying, you know, thank you so much. You know, without you guys, I wouldn't have found my doctor. I wouldn't know how to how this process worked because it's quite different. It's quite difficult to find someone and be educated because there's not a lot of information or not enough information out there. Yeah. And that's really what we, we try to do is to educate everyone about the medical marijuana market and give them the ability to find a doctor, schedule an appointment and get some help. Yeah. 
Good, I, you know, powerful story. I mean, I, I think that um, you know the one thing I have found in this space is you know a lot, a lot of people have been been personally touched by people that have suffered you know illness, uh, you know, addiction, things like that. That uh, you know, there's a potential here for cannabis to really really help alleviate, um, you know, help help resolve in a way that's a, a you know avoiding a lot of the other kind of drugs out there. Eventually, they will. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a kind of a win, not if. Um, actually, before we jump jump into the business, because I'm 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 very curious, and I, I want listeners to understand the business model you're in. Help explain, I guess, for the folks. So, so you're you're based in New York. Let me just okay. be specific. We are a nationwide okay. referral platform, and we we operate in every state that's legal. As a matter of fact, we actually have waiting lists for patients. That oh, are just waiting for work for their their state to approve it, so we can refer them to physicians. So you're capturing demand. Awesome. So different states are a different situation. Are you are you primarily focused on medical? I'm assuming 100 percent medical. So um, you know, for for listeners that are just kind of new to this space, you know, every state is is coming in with different legislation and either passing medical and or potentially what we call an adult use um, or uh, being able to use it without um, medical conditions or authorized medical conditions. Uh, but so explain to people a little bit how the medical market works, you know, in terms of from a cannabis point of view, just educate folks a little bit. Sure. So first it starts with educating yourself, right? Every state has different laws in regards to what qualifies, what the protocol is, how many times you have to see the physician. And that's one of the things we do really well. If someone were to go to our site, they would go click on, you know, once they get to marijuanadoctors.com, they would go to legal states. We have every law in every state, how to get your card, what's involved, the process to make it as seamless as possible. Once they're educated and they say, yes, this is for me, this is something I'd like to do, then they can go schedule an appointment. So not to go off too much on a tangent on your question, because I think I think we all know that finding a good doctor in general is tough enough as is. Yeah, exactly. But it's always good to see other people that have gone to a doctor, because if I'm sending my sick mother or my sick child, God forbid, I want to know a little bit about the person I'm sending them to. I want to know, and I also want to know how much it costs. I want to know when they're available. I want to learn a little bit about that practice before I make that decision. And we make it so transparent and easy for anyone to make a decision whether or not this is something they'd like to give a shot. So, so you're not only helping people just kind of find a doctor, you're helping them really understand kind of the cannabis market or the cannabis you know, laws and, and application in the state, giving them information about the doctor is actually kind of helping them with the process of finding, choosing, selecting a doctor and, and uh, making that referral. And what are some of the challenges? I mean, when you, you know, talk to patients that are looking for information on cannabis or information on a doctor who prescribes or a doctor who authorizes the use of cannabis, what are the challenges? Like, what are the obstacles or the problems that people have in this space? So medical marijuana service providers, and keep in mind also in certain states, nurse practitioners can actually recommend medical marijuana. Okay. So you don't necessarily have to be a physician. Nurse practitioners can do it. Like in New York, for example, they could do it. There's about six states. I believe that a nurse practitioner can recommend medical marijuana. So one of the first problems is it's very difficult to engage with the marketplace, right? Physicians and dispensaries, they have to protect PHI, personal health information. Uh Algorithms actively suppress cannabis products and services, like for Google, with example. 
And if you and I have a business, a traditional business, and we want to want to go on the first page of Google, what do we do? We call we call Google, or uh-huh. we we basically you know do it techno you know right through our computer. Uh-huh. We would sign up for Google Ads, and every time someone Google's you know uh, leather chairs, right, yep. you're going to come up on the top of Google. Well, Google will not take your money for the words cannabis or marijuana. Yeah, because complex internet laws and these prejudicial algorithms—they're making it very tough to make patients aware and to engage them. Facebook's not letting you advertise. Yep. Instagram's not letting you advertise. Uh, you can educate, but you yep. can't advertise. Traditional sales funnels and CRM solutions, customer relationship management solutions—they're really not as effective because you have to maintain HIPAA compliance and high tech mm-hmm. compliance, or else you get blacklisted. Yeah, and then of course. Traditional drawbacks of, uh, uh, of traditional marketing, you have poor conversion rates. It's very tough to measure your return on investment. It's costly, right? How much does it cost to get a, uh, a commercial 30 seconds oh, yeah. played three times, 10,000 bucks? Yeah. So when everyone wants to, everyone wants to or should want to be on the first page of Google, right, for their yep. business, because 87% of all business on the internet happens on the first page. 43% yeah. of all patients look online for a practitioner first. Yeah. So when they Google marijuana doctor or cannabis doctor in their city or state, we're putting them at the top of the list. So the, the, the physicians that work with us, they basically do have the majority of the market share. Got it. Got it. Now, are you, are you working with all physicians, with the physicians that you've looked at and interacted with at some level? I, I guess, how do you choose who to list? So a couple of different ways. That's a good question. So there's certain states like New York, there's about six states out there that, that have lists of doctors that just has their name, their number, and their specialty. Got it. it doesn't tell you much about them. And mm-hmm. it's really a pain in the rear end to navigate the Department of Health website. I don't know if you've ever been on it. <laughs> uh, once or twice, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it's next to impossible. And, you know, you're, 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 if you're uh, not the most computer savvy person, it's very difficult to get on there. So yeah. we, make it, we make the process really simplified. And it's just simply bridging the gap, right? The gap, the gap being it's very difficult to find what you want. And we're in an on-demand world. You can go on our platform and see a physician on demand, right? In New York, for example, Mm -hmm. via our telemedicine platform, get your medical marijuana card in the mail in two to four weeks. And guess what? We're rolling out dispensaries in two weeks. Mm. And, and by the way, I'm, you know, very confident that, you know, we have contracts out uh, for two of the top five dispensaries that'll be signing up with us. Uh Uh-huh. We make it just very easy for everyone to interact in a in a setting that is compliant to protect personal health information. Got it. So you really so the primary focus here is helping patients kind of navigate the system, find the doctors. Actually, are you how are you doing the telemedicine? Is that uh, your platform? Is that a third party platform? Absolutely. So we have a telemedicine platform built right, and you can go to certain physicians in New York that uh-huh. that do use telemedicine as part of their practice, uh-huh. and they really leverage it. And actually, they love it. You know, I think that the toughest thing is it takes time to be adopted. You know, in patient behavior, right? Yeah. Um, we all know that this is where the market's going. I mean, five years from now, I think you know we see two to three times at least the recommendations via telemedicine versus traditional, mm-hmm. it's just much easier. And, and oh, if someone's yeah. got their patient records, if someone's got terminal disease, HIV, or uh, something yeah. of that nature, you know, the doctor doesn't necessarily have to feel and touch them. Yeah. You know, cause, yeah. And, they, and they normally do have their, uh, their primary care physician, that's the person that's seeing and touching them. Uh-huh. You know, for the most part, in every state other than Florida, it's a recommendation. Florida really makes it like a prescription. Yeah. So what a doctor's essentially doing is, under the state law, 
checking off a box that says, yes, this patient has this condition, and yes, I think medical marijuana is a better alternative. Got it. And and let's dig into that just a little bit for folks, because I'm not sure. It gets a little complicated. I'm not sure folks really appreciate the details. So, so the way the state laws work is that the state essentially passes a law that says, we're going to allow the use of cannabis for these scheduled conditions, ailments, and that and the legislature basically lists out you know specific and general categories that, that are authorized for medical marijuana use, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, basically, the state lays out the conditions and the protocols that are involved, what, uh-huh. what the physician's responsibility is, what the patient responsibility is, uh-huh. dispensary's responsibilities are, and uh, we have all that on our on our site. So if uh-huh. anyone needs to, to get a good understanding, it's there written in a way that they'll understand it. Got it. So then you go to the doctor to get basically an authorization letter, a letter saying that you have a, a condition that meets the requirements that then allows you to get a medical card from the state. Correct. 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 So, so the then, doctor is basically getting a recommendation, and that's what essentially circumvents them recommending medical marijuana being a Schedule One narcotic because it's yeah. under their freedom of speech. Exactly. So then, so that kind of skirts around the federal issues, uh, and then you can use that card to go to dispensary, and then in, in, a, in a medical only state, then you know you you would have to have a, a valid card to be able to purchase from a dispensary. That's how basically the the patient experience would work. Correct. And I think something very important to put out there, I have yet to see a physician get in trouble by any regulator Uh if he followed the state protocol, right? As long as you're following state law, the federal government is not coming after you. And is that is that a concern for physicians? Have they been worried about this from a getting involved point of view that they're going to get in, they're going to run into problems from the state or federal government? I tell you what, it's changing very rapidly, but yeah. that that used to be the the tone that they have in the newer states that aren't legal yet medically. Uh-huh. You know, you you still so, sort of see that a little bit, um, unless they have a good friend in another state that yeah. that has medical marijuana. But I could tell you, when we first started talking to doctors in New York, their attitude was way different than it is right now. Yeah. So we're seeing that come full circle, and it's and it's really amazing to see happen before your eyes. Yeah. When, and when did you start? When did you start talking to New York doctors? Marijuana Doctors has been uh, working with New York doctors since the program went about six months before the program went live. See, the one thing that I've come to find with physicians, and I advise them on their finances, uh-huh. physicians being some of the smartest, intelligent people yeah. in the world, the one thing they lack is business and marketing acumen, right? Yeah. They go to you know 10 to 16 years of school and... They're not taught business. They're not, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and that's exactly. what, and, and you're running a business. Now, patient yeah. care always has to be, has to come first. Yeah. That, that's where we have to, we're very patient centric, but also physicians are running a business. So we really guide them in terms of marketing. You'd be surprised just some, some very novice things that they could do, they don't do. Yeah. So what we try to do is really provide value added by advising them on just simple things that they can do, which are going to bring in more patients, get them seen a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I think that, um, I guess the way that I look at it is you're not doing your patients you know, any good if you're not running a, a healthy business. Right? If you're if you're struggling with business and you're going to you know risk your practice, you know that doesn't help your patients. So you have to you know you have to run a successful practice and a profitable practice. What are some of the things that you find that they're not doing? So what are some of the techniques or or suggestions that you make or, or ways that you can help them with the marketing side of things? You would be surprised when I was doing sales. I would ask them to walk me through their process. Uh-huh. 
I would ask them to walk me through the process, and I would actually so much go to coach the girls or the people answering the phone at the front desk. Yeah, You'd be surprised how little they know sometimes. And if I'm <laughs> calling you and my family member's sick or I'm sick, you can't answer basic questions, guess what? I'm not coming to see you, right? Yeah. Automating, automating things, right? The reality is technology is replacing so many jobs. Yeah. If you employ technology and you spend 500 bucks a month, if that, it's like getting the productivity of two to three more employees. Yeah. So automating everything, I tell every, every physician, whenever someone calls, whether they schedule an appointment or not, send them a case study. Send them some research. Educate them. Mm. Teach them about the endocannabinoid system. Let That's them know right. how it works. Let them get the science as to why it's working so they're not just thinking about the old stereotype of medical marijuana or marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, as, as this market matures and as we move kind of or, or adopt more and more kind of uh, personas or users or customer bases into this. I mean, that's going to get more and more complicated, right? I mean, it's one thing to sell, you know, cannabis to, you know, someone who's been using cannabis, you know, for years and knows all the lingo and knows all the products and how they work, you know, but for, you know, for the soccer mom who's just getting involved, you know, for whatever reason, it's, it's, a, it's a really different group. Yeah, how, how do you see kind of the segmentation or how do you see, kind of marketing getting more sophisticated as this market develops? Well, I think, you know, uh, you know, just as we're doing, people are starting to employ AI, um, you know, all sorts of computer learning. We're very centered on really creating the user experience be second to none. What we want patients and physicians and the industry to rely on us as a source of information. You know, I, I would almost say that we are we have some attributes of a WebMD, of a ZocDoc, tying that into the medical marijuana industry yeah. by educating patients and giving them selection of a physician to choose in their area or anywhere they'd like to go. Yeah. Any thoughts or insights that you've had about actually how to choose a physician? So, I mean, like, I guess what information do you provide on the physicians and what guidance do you give folks in terms of how to choose a physician? Is it just on reviews? Is it based on their training? Is it like, what, what is it that, what criteria do people use to, to make a good selection? So while we, the doctors that work with us, um, anyone who's an MD, has a license in good standing, can basically register with us. Okay. Now, if I if it was me and I'm picking a physician, uh-huh. listen. If I have cancer, I'd preferably go to someone who's an oncologist that believes in this. Yeah, right. I, I would try to stick to the specialty, and you could search by specialty on our okay. on our uh, on our site as well. So you could pick, look for a, a physician in New York City that is an oncologist that does medical marijuana. So I would look at the reviews. I would look at. I would look at, you know, their profile that we have. I would look at, you know, I, w- I would ask questions. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. How do we get comfortable with any relationship? Yeah. We ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Really find out, find out about them, their background, why they prescribe cannabis, those things and see if it match, match yeah. to what you, what you want and, and what you think yeah. and what you believe. You know, listen, a physician these days, it's medicine is not the way it used to be. Yeah. Right. So my opinion, I want to go to the physician that educates me, empower me. You empower, you empower your patient. Now they feel a little bit more confident that they're fighting this battle, whatever battle that be, mm-hmm. with a little bit more ammunition. Yeah, no, that can make sense. And I think that that's very encouraging to, to someone who's going through a very difficult time because of their medical uh, issues. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and how are you, how are you finding doctors? I mean, are, are you, are you reaching out to them and explaining the platform? Or are they coming to you? What's the process for onboarding, finding and onboarding doctors? Sure. And, and that's a great question. And, you know, we, we're having a tough time meeting demand just because, you know, we have, I'm limited on my staff. Um, I have seven salespeople uh, that are working for me now. Keep in mind, uh, the longest someone's been working with me is it'll be you know on the sales side. Yeah. All the physicians and practices used to come to us, and they still do. Mm-hmm. They register on our site, and then we call them, give them a live demonstration, mm-hmm. show them how everything works, and then you know they typically sign up with us. Mm-hmm. But now I do have outbound salespeople. We have mm-hmm. some independent contractors. You know, uh, folks that are like that have a presence in a physician's office now, like medical sales reps, pharma reps that you know are contractually allowed to offer other products yep. as a true contractor. Yep. So we do uh, get a decent amount of uh, clients come to us that way. Uh, we do get a lot of referrals, but I would say we have a nice, nice amount of doctors that register on our site. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they typically sign up right away with us. And then we do make outbound calls to physicians that we know are in the industry. And that's where I mean, we can't even meet that demand because, you know, once uh, one of my sales reps, they get a certain amount of accounts. They have to manage those accounts, work with the yeah. staff of, uh, of the physician's office or medical practitioner's office. And um, what, that's one of the reasons we're, we're doing this capital raise because we're going to basically triple the size of our, our sales team. Yeah because all I need is bodies in the seats and well, we have the demand. Yeah. No, it seems like, yeah, getting, getting them, it's one thing to find the, kind of find the lead. It's another thing to actually get them onboarded and, and trained on the system and uh, effective. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that being a challenge. So in terms of states, what have been the more kind of active states for you and, and why do you think that is? is it, do, you see, do you see any patterns or differences between the states? Uh, well, there's, there's definitely a lot of differences, and and I could tell you the physicians in Florida, you know, they have a different temperament than the physicians in Utah, yeah. right? But I would say that you know, Florida, there's a, a a huge amount of demand. You know, normally you have a bigger state in terms of population. Yeah. Um, that's really you know normally we're going to see bigger numbers. We are you know kind of I'm segueing into this, but I mm-hmm. think it's very important to address because one of the major trends that I see is number one, there's five studies out there now that are saying that that patients prefer medical marijuana over opioids. Yeah. Um, I didn't get into the, that part of why I why I, I I'm in this industry, yeah. but unfortunately, everyone yeah. I don't know a person out there that hasn't been affected, whether it's a friend, family member, themselves. Yeah. But you know, this is an epidemic. I have just had my fourth child uh, literally a month ago yesterday. Congratulations! And, yeah. Thank you very much, yeah. and and very blessed with an amazing wife and and four amazing children. Um, but one of the things that as you're getting older in life, you know, I, we have to leave this place a better way than we found it. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's, it's disgusting what has gone on in the industry in regards to opioids. And I feel obligated to do what I know I can do yeah. to help reduce it. Yeah. And I know just by the feedback I'm getting from the doctors I work with, uh, the gentleman we just uh, announced as our medical director, Dr. Joseph Fasado from Florida, mm-hmm. he had a patient that in three months, they were taking 40 pills for PTSD, uh, chronic pain, and I think some, um, some bipolar medicine. Yeah. He got them down, to, this lady down to three pills within three months. Wow. Now, think about that. 40 pills to three pills in three months. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes me feel even more confident what we're doing because when you work on Wall Street, you have to understand risk and reward, right? You know, how to, you have to know how to manage your risk. Yeah. And you know, one thing I always 
say to any patient or, or to any, anyone in business is, what do you want your outcome to be? Mm-hmm. And what can go wrong? Well, what can go wrong here with medical marijuana? You know, in my opinion, the absolute worst thing that the two worst things that can happen, it gets into a minor's hands, mm-hmm. right? Which we all know is, is happening with alcohol and everything else. And yep. that really comes down to how these, how the children are being raised and what they have access to. Uh-huh. And the, and the other thing really is we're seeing a trend in how patients are learning about this stuff. I'll give you an example. In my, in my son sent me a video just the other day which I didn't, I didn't see it, um, was uh-huh. that 60-minute show. Did you see how w- they basically mentioned how the opioid epidemic really took off? They just changed the label on the uh-huh. box to saying that it's okay for long-term use. Oxycontin wow. is okay for long-term use. Wow. Now, I don't, I don't understand how that happened, but anyone who basically tells you that heroin's okay or you know, something yeah. derived <laughs> you know, practically heroin yeah. is good for long-term use, I think is crazy. Yeah. So I felt I feel that it's our responsibility when we know better to do better, and you know I'm I'm seeing it hand over fist. Patients, you know, either reducing or completely getting off opioids, and we know based on the numbers, right? We we've seen a a 19 percent less yep. uh, prescriptions in states where we have medical marijuana, and 25 percent less deaths. Yeah, yeah, no, it's real. They're real numbers. It's really uh, it's starting to we're really starting to generate some data around that. So talk to me a little bit about, I mean, you know, powerful mission, powerful goals and, and topics here. If you're able to, you know, really push the business the way you want to push it, where do you see yourselves in a couple of years? I mean, what's, what's the goal or what's the, what's the business look like if this growth continues to happen and, and the market continues to develop? Well, I have, uh, well, listen, I, I could tell you that there was one other time in my career, in my business career, uh-huh. where I saw similar, similar characteristics of an industry unfolding. And that was when I first got into the financial industry was seeing what happened with technology. Yep. I see the writing on the wall. Um, I, it's so clear to me where we're going. We're eventually going to get a schedule change, which will open up the market completely. Yep. And you know, put this into perspective. In the past, right, we can go spend $20 on a copay. Uh-huh. For $10 more, go to CVS and get 30 pills that'll kill you. Yeah. What happens to the market when we go medically legal federally, yep. when you spend $20 for your copay and then go get an FDA approved medication for $10 and you're not spending two to 300 bucks a month yeah. you know, on products like people are now. Yeah. The market just opens right up. Yeah. Yeah. And what roughly what are, what's your kind of doctor and patient base and where do you hope to get it to in the next couple of years? Great question. So in regards to uh, physicians, right now, uh, we have about 422,000 pre-screened patients that have gone through our system, uh-huh. right? Uh, the market's about 2.4 million. Okay. We think that number, we're going to get to 1.5 million within the next three years. Yeah. All right. Those are big numbers, but seem doable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then look, uh, the way uh, we unfortunately didn't have the sales staff to meet to yeah. meet demand. And, you know, uh, it's, it's tough. I pride myself on having the right culture yeah. because I, I think that's so important from, you know, from an infancy stage company. Uh, we've only been producing revenues for three years now. So bringing the right people in is very tough. Um, and it takes me 40, I go through 40 interviews to get one person. Yeah. But those, all those people, 
every one of our employees we've broken on, even on within two and a half months because they're trained. I spend a lot of time with them yeah. and really trying to develop them so they can take the torch and help the company get to the next stage. We think we'll, we'll triple revenues um, year over year once we're funded and we, we, um, you know, we triple the size of our sales team. We also think that uh, with where the market's at, I mean, the valuations out there are ridiculous yeah, these days. I, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen them, but oh, yeah. you know, I come from a different world and, and I don't like to give people fluff. Yeah. But put it to you this way, you know, high times is, is IPO is, is, uh, out there on the mark. Well, should be coming out. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're fetching, uh, about a $270 million valuation, uh, Put it this way, if we were valued at the multiple they were, uh, we would be somewhere in the neighborhood of... What <laughs> do, the, do the math. <laughs> yeah, based on high times, <laughs> we would have a, uh, a projected value of $62 million. Nice, nice. And, and you know, we, we know where... where um, we know where the sweet spot for investors in yeah. are, is, um, and to me, it's very important. We take a lot of pride every dollar that someone invests with me, just as it always has. Uh-huh. I look at as someone gave me something that I didn't have before, and I have yeah. a real job to protect it, and especially being in the position I'm in, helping them get a significant return on investment and getting paid for their risk. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're doing a capital raise right now, you said? Yes, we're in the middle of a capital raise. We're raising about $8 million yeah. of growth capital. Great. Yeah, it's exciting times. I think that uh, you know a lot of businesses are are in this fun period where they've kind of proven their business model. They've got you know initial kind of traction. They've got customers, and they really have you know a nice path, a nice runway to really start growing. So I'm curious to see how things go for the next uh, next uh, six twelve months. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting ride. One final question that would be helpful for folks is you know as this market unfolds, where do you see you know, kind of the the opportunities right now. I mean, because a lot of people have been getting into the space, and and I think some people have been saying, "Oh, well, you know, you know, there's no room left to innovate. There's no there's no new ideas to be had in the cannabis space." What areas do you see that that still have room, still have opportunities for for new ideas, for growth, for innovation? Well, the first thing I would tell those people is that's what uh, people said after the Industrial <laughs> Revolution, right? Exactly. Uh, and I think we've come a long way since then. Yeah. Really, I think the opportunity is now is for anyone good that's going into this industry, another thing that, that physicians really uh, haven't done well uh-huh. is creating a digital footprint, right? Uh-huh. Um, I found that physicians, when they go to sell their, their business, when they retire, they don't get a multiple on that, on that business. And it's simply due to the fact that they're going to lose a lot of those patients. Yeah. The person coming in is not going to pay a premium if you don't have a digital footprint. Yeah. Think about it in these terms. If I Googled, let's say, leather seats in Melville, New York, and I'm the owner of the company, but I sold it to somebody else, yep. the new person that's searching for you, they don't care that the guy sold the company. They're looking for a leather chair, right? Yep. So by being backlinked to us, their own website actually goes up the rankings in Google. I have so many clients that are working with us that didn't start on the first page of Google, like except being linked to us, yep. but now because they've been working with us so long, their site is now on the first page of Google. So yeah, what does that do? Let's say there's 13 links on the first page of Google. Two of them are marijuana doctors. One is our client. You have a 25% chance of someone choosing you. Yeah. yeah. Right? On, the, on that first page, that 87% of the business all happens. Yeah. So the key is with any business, you want to have a digital footprint. You want to be found. 
right? The more people that find you, the more business. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. The other thing is streamlining the process. You know, our platform is turnkey. It's streamlined. We give the doctors the form, so you don't have to go spend or pay your, your attorney three to five billable hours or do it yourself. We're giving it to you. You know, we have the intake yeah. forms telemedicine. We have the intake forms just for a traditional patient that visits your office. So we really give them all those tools. Um, I think That's great. Automate, automating a lot of their business, training their staff how to run a business. Yeah. Right. When they answer that phone, they have to basically be able to show that A, that they're compassionate, they're caring, knowledgeable, and that they really want to help the people. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the person it's I customer want to service. It's customer service. But, yeah. I think yeah. that's a, another area, but I think their digital footprint Getting some, getting exposure, ma- reputation management. I, I can't tell you how many doctors I've had that were working at a hospital. They left the hospital, start their own practice. When you Google their name, it shows up over there. Hospital numbers there. <laughs> I mean, think, think about that. Classic. You know how many patients they missing because of that? Yeah. Because I'm not going to search you. If I call the hospital, you ever call a hospital and ask for a doctor? Yeah. It would take you a half hour to get them on the phone. Yeah. No. Exactly. Good. This was uh, insightful, uh, educational. It was fun. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. If people want to find out more about you, about Marijuana Doctors, what's the best way to get that information? So you can always go to www.marijuanadoctors.com. My assistant's name is Zena. If someone has, uh, someone is interested in potential investment, wants to talk more, strategic partnerships, uh, you can email Zena, Z as in zebra, E as in Eric, N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, Zena at marijuanadoctors.com. She takes care of my whole schedule. I'm lucky as can be. She's the most uh, assistant that I've ever had in my life. And I think uh, she'll get she'll get you the, either the information you need or set an appointment so uh, we can talk more. And otherwise, all patients, please visit us at www.marijuanadoctors.com. And uh, we really love what we do, yeah. and we want to help you feel great again. Great. I appreciate it. I'll make sure those are um, the link and the email are in the show notes so people can click through and get that. Um, again, Ray, thank you. This has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time. Listen, I just wanted to say also... Thank you very much for doing what you're doing because I can't tell you how important it is for society and people like us to engage a community, educating them. Let's the patients, let's yeah. let the consumer decide once all the, the regulatory bodies have set the laws in place, let the consumer decide what is going to work best for them based on their doctor or practitioner's guidance. And I think uh, we'll see a much better improvement in healthcare. We'll reduce a lot of the cost in in, in the governmental programs, and at the same time, we're going to save lives. Yeah. So uh, thank you again, and I appreciate you getting the word out. Yeah. And uh, you can reach me anytime you need anything that I can help you with. Perfect. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate it, and we will keep in touch. You're very welcome. Have a nice day. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes. Download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.